Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's go out to the Orion Fields Announcers Convenience Stores guest line. Truly sets beyond convenient. You'll find Mary Kay Cabot. She covers the Browns for Cleveland.com. Forever! Hey, man. Like, you got to go, go like that. She, Mary, thank you, okay. for, thank you for the time. Much appreciated this morning. I played for three teams, moved twice, and now live in Florida and do radio in Florida. She's still on the beat in Cleveland. It's a long time. You know what, Leroy? You know what? You know what the one constant is for what? for players when they come back to visit the Cleveland Browns. Actually, there's two. It's me and Tony Grossi. They can always <laughs> hey, count on that. Right? Wait, I tell everybody down here stories about Tony Grossi, because every <laughs> every city has a Tony Grossi. Just that guy. That like he when we played, he was considered negative Nancy, and every city every city has one. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Well, it was funny because when we saw that viral clip go and I sent, I texted it to you, he goes, it had to be Tony Grossi because we didn't even know yeah. who the reporter was at the time. I knew who it was. The reporter was like, oh, I know who that was. Of course. We, they have oh. here, it would be Omar Kelly. Oh, 100%. Right? Right. But you know what? Re- reporters, old school reporters like that really come in handy when people want, uh, you know, want what's going wrong with a team. You know, to sort of be exposed, examined, analyzed. So there's a lot to be said for that sort of thing. Well, you know? I I will say this, Mary, that the difference between back then and now is that um, with social media, you don't even have to confront, you don't even have to ask the questions. You can just put it out on Twitter. Whereas the one thing I'll say about Tony Grossi is, you can say what you want about him. He would ask all those questions. It wouldn't be yeah. social media. It wouldn't be in an article. There would always be a question and an answer whether you like the question or not. Right, and and I ask those kind of questions too, and a lot of people don't like the questions, some of the questions that I ask either, but uh, you know, we're trained to ask the questions that need to be asked, and a lot of times they're the questions that people want the answers to or at least – Fifty percent of the population wants the answers right. to. The other fifty percent doesn't want to hear it. Uh, but there's there's a lot to be said. And as we move forward in the internet age, I think people will uh, even have more of an appreciation for uh, the you know the old school type journalists that that do it the way that it's supposed to be done. Well, what was what's this year been like, Mary? Because this has been the first time in a while the Browns have had to deal with expectations. Like it were a nice story last year, and everybody was hyped to have Baker Mayfield. But you know, I mean, all the hype, bringing in Odell, all that stuff. How is how is this year differed from years past? Well, it's it's been more disappointing than in years past because of those high expectations. Fans really expected this team to win the AFC North this year. I expected them to win the AFC North this year. And uh, so there's a a lot of disappointment. There's a lot of anger. Now, right now, uh, people are encouraged by the fact that they have won two straight games and they're probably going to beat the Dolphins this week. But 
that has been overshadowed by the you know negative stain of the Miles Garrett incident. So it's just been a tough year all the way around. What was the locker room like that night? It must have been it must have been bananas just knowing all the stuff that is unfolding. Everybody in the nation is watching that game and you know, it seems like, you know, you finally have this good moment. You beat Pittsburgh, a huge rival, and now you have the situation where one of your best defensive players is probably going to be done for the season. Yeah, again, it felt like a loss. Like Baker Mayfield said, like Odell Beckham Jr. said after the game, it felt like a loss because you knew that you were losing miles for a period of time. And also, the other reigning sentiment, I think, was that everyone in that locker room knows Miles, knows him as a person. I know him pretty well myself, uh, just in terms of a you know beat writer and player uh, covering him relationship. And I was shocked at the events of that night. So it was, you know, it was a sadness to see that he snapped like that because that really isn't him. So yeah, there were there were a lot of emotions going on in that locker room. And, and it was just a really difficult night for everyone. Mary Kay, I, I kind of get the feeling that, that Mason Rudolph should have got more. Like, he should have also uh, been at least suspended for a game because as a quarterback, uh, if he had not done or kept uh, uh, attacking, that there's no – look, there's no excuse for what, what, um, what the defender did, but – as a quarterback, don't you have to, once the helm's going, you have to shut it down and just let your offensive lineman take care of it? I mean, what quarterback does that? Well, I've never seen anything like that either. And, you know, absolutely 100%, I would think that every single person that I've talked to in Cleveland believes that Mason Rudolph should have gotten at least a game for his actions in this. My first instinct was I didn't think that the action – alone of trying to trying to remove a helmet and sort of like shove some someone away from you with their foot I didn't think those things rose to the level of a suspension that was my first instinct about it Mm -hmm. but you know I I can be talked into uh, the fact that he deserved a game too for you know continuing the fight for for jumping up for you know for charging miles and those sorts of things so I can I can warm up to that idea, even though my initial reaction was uh, no, you know, taking trying to take off a helmet and shoving someone away doesn't rise to the level of a suspension. Has there been any insight from anybody, um, you know, either off the record or anything like that, as far as like, did he say anything to Miles Garrett? Because Leroy made the point earlier in the show today, like this is a guy who got sucker punched by a stranger, right? He got punched in the face on the street and didn't retaliate. It's it's just it's bananas to think that you know even with what we saw physically of Mason Rudolph do that that was what made Miles snap. I mean, I know that you maybe go into a different game mode, but it's just it's pretty wild to hear everybody say from a personality standpoint this isn't what this this guy is about and then we see him turn into that yeah you know what i'm sure that things were probably said to each other in that scrum maybe they were maybe they weren't no one has really said yet i've asked a few people i don't know if um if anyone asked that asked that of miles directly after the game because i was in with freddie kitchens in that press conference when Miles was actually speaking in the locker room right. after the game, they did not bring him to the podium. And um, so I don't know if Mason actually said something that further incited Miles. I, I don't really know. It was just a crazy heat of the moment thing where both guys were 
just over the top, frustrated, upset, angry, and it just escalated to the point of, unfortunately, no return for Miles. I mean, not literally no return, but to the point where Miles would love to have that moment back. And, uh, and it's just so unfortunate all the way around. Now, can he even be suspended this long? Like indefinitely okay. for something to happen on the field? Because what I've been hearing is that um, technically the NFL can't suspend him indefinitely for actions on the field. You know, I haven't seen anywhere that they can't do that, but I also haven't seen anywhere in the policy that they can. It's, it doesn't specifically say a player cannot be suspended indefinitely for an on-field transgression. I, I haven't seen that. So they must have played it within the rules when they when they handed down that suspension. But I think, you know, Miles probably has a, a pretty good argument going into his hearing tomorrow morning about that, what you're saying, that it's an unprecedented thing to do that. And Roger Goodell has also said that, you know, the the length of the suspension was historic. So, you know, who knows? You know, maybe they'll take away the indefinite nature of it and leave the rest of the season. They seemed pretty adamant they wanted him to be out for the rest of the season. But you never know how these things go will go on appeal. So we saw that Freddie Kitchen said uh, leading into this week, he thinks that his team is going to be able to put the Miles Garrett thing behind him is is that because he feels they're they're better equipped than most to handle distractions because they've had a lot this year or is it because he's taking on the two and eight dolphins well i i don't know that it's i don't think he means it's because they're taking on the two and eight dolphins i think he means they're going to make every effort uh, to pull together as a football team that he's going to see to that that the team leaders on the team are going to see to that and we talked to a number of those leaders yesterday and they basically said as much that, you know, they're going to do everything that they can uh, to keep this team pulling together instead of apart. So before we get you out of here, Mary, a uh, very important question <laughs> must be asked of, uh, of one Leroy Horde, uh, who you know very well. Um, how do you feel Leroy Horde would fare in a fight with a current 79-year-old Chuck Norris? Who do you have in that It's fight? a long story, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I would probably put my money on Leroy because oh, I really temper. So, wait, <laughs> 79. Look, I said I don't care who he is. He's 79. End of story. It's Chuck Norris, though. I don't care. That's TV, dude. 79 is old. He's a legit martial artist. But we're sitting here questioning uh, Tom Brady, and he's 42. Yeah, but Tom Brady's a thrower of footballs, not a thrower of fists. All right. I got you. <laughs> Mary Kay Cabot, thanks so much Mary for the time Kay, this morning. Mary Kay, thank you very, very much. We really I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, guys. All righty. All right, that is uh, much appreciated. She's, yes. Uh, we finally, go fi- finally, somebody who has your back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.